Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good morning. Here we are. This is Blog Talk Radio. And you know, you've heard me say for years that this is the K factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. Well, I'm still saying that, but now there's a tag on the back of it because, you know, what I've realized is it's not just about my kindness on that platform and the people that I bring forth to share the kindness, but I am delivering the best gift that I possibly can, and it's called the influence, the influencers. And today, the influencer is the genius, I think, Brian Lunt, who invented the St. Louis Business Club. Good morning, Brian Lunt. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing quite yeah, today? Sure. Yeah, I always, I always like that. <laughs> okay. So, you know, with all the various, so we're going to talk about this. We've talked about the St. Louis Business Club, but we're going to talk about it a little bit more. And I, I want to, I want to run an idea by you folks. But as I do that, I want to do a screen share because if this is the first time that you're seeing this, I really want you to get the full throttle view. So, Brian, tell me when you see your gorgeous. Welcome to the St. Louis Business Club site on the air here. I can see it. I can see the arch in the backdrop. You know, there you go. I love this because it's elegant and it's clear. And you know what? It is a different looking brand. I think it's unique. And I like that. And we happen to know the artist behind this. Let's see. Who would that be? That would be... It is the wonderful and amazing... Miss Karen Libby, who I like to refer to as mother. <laughs> my mama. My mom. So she's, she's got some very deep insights into uh, the character of, of Brian and the character of the St. Louis Business Club because she's been learning about one of those for, you know, my entire life. And yeah. uh, she's been my right-hand gal when it comes to designing the look and feel of the business club, and she's the best in the business when it comes to branding. Oh, my gosh. Um, she's absolutely gotten the voice um, of the club, and she does a tremendous job of coordinating all of our resources and, and bringing their voices to life. Mm. And one of my favorite things to say to folks is uh, they'll give me compliments about what I posted yeah. uh, during the day, and I said, what did I post? talk about that in in the midst of this show today with your permission because it's not my show it's our show yeah um but you know that familial and that family and and mother-son dynamic is another thing that that elevates and separates your brand and what it is you're doing so my what I was thinking about today is I was thinking One of the things I want to draw the attention to uh, for the world, it's not just St. Louis, it's not just the country, it's really the world, is we've got all these various hubs and groups and in co-working spaces, but I see things that make this very different. And it's relevant no matter where you're at. If you're in St. Louis, it's extremely relevant. It's really easy to access, but it's also... For anybody, because we're living in this virtual world, it's really important that people know that this is here because the resource and the style of all this 
is amazing. Now I'm going to stop the screen share unless you want to open up our dialogue with me going to a particular page. You want me to come back yonder or stay on your screen here? It's totally up to you. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm back. Sure. <laughs> so I see a bunch of things that make this different, Brian. And, and, and there were two things that from when we first started talking about the St. Louis club. And then when I was really thinking about it this morning and over the last couple of days in anticipation of this show, I was thinking about the ways in which um, the look and feel of it is very different. It's very, it's very elegant and sophisticated, but it's also, it's, it's uh it's um it's grounded i wanted to say it's simple it's down home but it's not because that would make it sound like um less than sophisticated and it's very sophisticated but it does have the spin of your mom on it professionally and she does know who you are and she does understand the concept she's watched you in your career and and really enjoyed it i know from having conversations with her and so there's the style of it. The second thing is everything is about the people who are there. Yeah. You could walk into a beautiful house and, and be really excited to be there. But if the people who live there are really ugly in their, in their spirit, in their behavior, then you might as well be in an outhouse because mm -hmm. it just stinks up the place. And one of the things I love about what you're doing is I – I walk into it virtually. Now, I know the space physically, but I walk into it virtually at this point in time, and it's beautiful, and it's light and bright and open, and it just has a good vibe to it. It's got a good energy, and your your intellectual prowess and your collaborative, not, not competitive spirit permeates it, and there's a nice tone there, and then you've got some of the best freaking talent it is uh it's very nice to hear you say that because it's all done on purpose yeah um and i have pro what's interesting and maybe unique to st louis um i often say that st louis the currency of st louis is relationships mm -hmm. because you can go to the coast and you can find you know capital in other Based, it's more money based. Okay. Um, it's more about what you can get out of certain things. Right. Um, St. Louis has a unique disposition in the fact that we're a very charitable city. We're very open with our relationships. Mm -hmm. One of the goofy, whether it's good or bad, things about St. Louis is asking people where you went to high school so you can <laughs> understand, you know, what kind of background do they have. Right. More than anything, it used to seem like a really conceited uh, question, and it's still, I think, in some circles might be, and I think a lot of people from outside of St. Louis don't really, don't particularly like the question. Yeah. But at the root of it, it's who do I know that you might know? Yeah, right. And so just like you're looking at a Facebook feed and you say, okay, how many friends do we have in common? Exactly. If I tell you where I went to high school and you tell me where you went to high school, I can say, oh, you know so-and-so. Right. So almost immediately you can vouch for somebody and go, oh, that's the kind of person that you are based on association. Yeah. And I think in some regards it can be done um, as kind of qualifying somebody by who they know. You know, show me your friends, I'll show you who you are. Mm -hmm. But it's also just finding a very quick way to connect with somebody and then go, okay, well, we, the quicker we can connect and get to a deeper relationship, the easier it's going to be to 
do business together or, you know, develop whatever type of relationship it is that we want to pursue. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think that is unique to St. Louis. It's why I've tried to develop my professional career into creating very good and deep relationships. And so I spent a lot of time getting to know folks uh, so that I am well-versed in what they know. And that's typically what I do is I get to know people. I know what they offer and what they're buying. So I, I'm really just putting consumer providers and consumers together mm-hmm. so that I know somebody says, you know, I really need my, um, my leaf, all the leaves taken out of my yard. Well, yeah. I know somebody who provides leaf removal, right? right? In the same regard, you say, well, I need somebody who understands me inside and can take my message and put it outwardly in the marketplace. Oh, I just so happen to know somebody that does that as well. And yeah. So the more people I get to know, the more opportunities that I have in order to make those connections between somebody who provides something and somebody who wants to receive something. And I, as you've experienced, one of my favorite things to do is to take two people who I think can develop a good relationship or a potential strategic partnership. I do what I do in terms of making the connection, and I just get to sit back and watch them <laughs> learn and explore yeah. and get to know one another, and that's one of the most satisfying things about what I do. Well, and the beautiful part of that is that you really you get to you you know you're you're sort of like a cross between a matchmaker a choreographer and a midwife (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because I was hearing myself a little bit in that because partners in excellence has been that way in terms of creating a consortium of people to be able to supply anybody anytime anything that they really need and only working with the absolute best right people who are looking to really actualize their talent. So one of the things that um, I think is really interesting is, is you, and by the way, go back to the high school thing for a second. I think it's really funny because <laughs> people in St. Louis have asked me for 40 plus years, well, where did you go to high school? And I, and I say, well, go ahead and try to guess. <laughs> I get all these great answers. I'm always complimented. And then I say, you want to really know where I went? Yeah, yeah, where? Chicago. <laughs> and then, you know, it's like, the, I swear, the only reason I have been at all popular in St. Louis is because St. Louis loves Chicago. Because yeah. y'all like to argue about the Cubs, which, of course, I know it's because you're intimidated. And then also about the Bears. Same, same. And then it's about the Blues, and my heart just breaks for you. And yeah. then it's about the friendliness of Chicago and Lake Michigan and the great restaurants and big city and glitzy without being New York, you know? Chicago is one of our wonderful friendly rivalries that I think most St. Louisans and Chicagoans all genuinely yeah. love. Yeah. You know? And I mean, obviously it gets to the point where people get heated at times. <laughs> you, got a, you know, a, a Budweiser in a ball game. Uh, <laughs> and a, and a challenging game when one's not better than the other. And the whole world. Right. Really each other, but, um, yeah, I think we love the friendly rivalry. Right and and I and I do tremendously. And and one of the things that that I have found is in in Chicago, it's it's tough to find anything even approximating the entrepreneurial arena of St. Louis. And they, and and what I really want to see happen is, I think that the St. Louis Business Club, one of the things I love about it is that it is the show me state. 
And so I think we've set a standard there, which is why I want my, you know, my core home there forever and my, and my institute there because it really is friendly and quintessential and yet sophisticated and brilliant. How do you, how do you keep yourself out of the ugly mix of competition and ruling over people? What's your secret formula? Faith. Um, I knew you were going to say that. That's the only way it can be done because yeah. I think if you take people, everybody has an ego at whatever level. Right. Um, you know, at some at a certain point, you have to be. Um, your personal situation. Mm-hmm. If you have bills to pay. If you have, you know, um, family members at home or surrounding you that want accountability, and and you have accountability yourself. So I think it's difficult to be to have what I often espouse as this abundant mindset, this co-opetition type of model. Yeah. It in it. And it's still not guaranteed that it's going to ultimately work. It's just what I've been preaching for the last five plus years, uh, because I do believe in it. And I think when we have the opportunity to break down our walls and be vulnerable with one another and open ourselves up to be as customer centric as we possibly can, that we end up with better products and services for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. It's just difficult because he does and flows trying to manage your own personal situation with more of a collective situation uh, is a challenge. Um, so I do it on faith. I I have never worried about where I'm getting a meal. I have never worried about having loving people surrounding me. And, and I've developed enough of a uh, reputation or um, relationships in the marketplace that if I really had to go to my network and say, I am struggling, I need help. I think that, that, that would, that would be given to me. And so I take it on faith that it's all going to work out. And I also have the, um, disease of an entrepreneur that says I can figure it all out. Like, oh, <laughs> which is both good and bad. I know that disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, that was short. Yeah. So. so when people when people are hearing about us on here, I really do want them to go to um, stlouisbusinessclub.com, pull it up on the website, take a look while we're sitting here and we're talking. But I but I also want you to describe what is the process of entry because, like for instance, when we were getting this started. I had told you that there are people that I want to drive into St. Louis Business Club. They need it. They're gonna. They're gonna. They're gonna receive from it. And and there's some of them. Well, each one of them have got a lot to contribute, whether they know it or not. That they do. Okay. So what are what are the steps? I'll backtrack a little bit based on what you were talking about with the look and feel and kind of vibe. Um, yeah. With the way that it's designed, I really wanted to create a country club essence yeah. in terms of the exclusivity yeah. and the classiness of the brand yep. without kind of that hoity-toity nature that I think follows along country clubs at times. Um, I want it to be exclusive because the best kind of people come in, yeah. not because only wealthy people can come in. Right. I think there's a, a very distinct difference in that vibe. Um, so I am looking for folks 
that are interested in a um, a space that is going to hold you accountable and is only going to expect the best out of what somebody can provide. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that only the best in what they do can be a part of it. It yeah. just means that's the kind of there's some core values involved when it comes to who we're trying to pull together. And so that's you know ultimately what I want to communicate based on the way that the brand has been developed and the different types of messaging that we put out there on a regular basis. So that's the first kind of uh, sales funnel, if you will. I'm, I'm trying to identify my audience by, right. by that metric. Once somebody has decided, I like what these guys are talking about, I think that's a, a space that I could be in. It's interesting because from a transactional perspective, I would just put all of our rates up on the website and you could go to the e-commerce site and you could sign up and you could you could buy a membership at whatever level makes sense and you could start utilizing it. Mm -hmm. It's a little softer than that because I do spend a lot of time getting to know people. And so I try and make the, the user experience more relational mm -hmm. and I invite people in to experience what it is that we do and try before you buy type of model. And so what I've been known for in the marketplace in St. Louis for the last number of years are what we originally dubbed for strategy sessions. Mm -hmm. So the matter of getting people pulled together on a weekly basis so that we could work on each other's problems. And by doing so, you would learn who is who is around you, who are the peer group that you're putting yourself into, mm -hmm. what kind of questions do they ask, what kind of advice do they give, and hopefully this kind of group genius model will help further people along and accelerate the growth, whether in life or business. I get it. What I have evolved that to is more of a mastermind model, which is not a, a new concept. It's been around a long time. We just put a little bit of a spin on it because instead of it just being a group of people getting together and calling it a mastermind, it's very purposeful in the way that it's been designed. The curriculum I've developed over the years is six years of life, six years of business, and I found somebody to at least showcase a level of mastery in each one of those areas. So when they're all pulled together, you have access to a true master mind. Yeah, hallelujah. You have access to all 12 arenas and somebody who can hopefully answer the questions uh, that you may come with. And so I do a weekly mastermind for with our council of masters and other members of the club. Uh, and that's kind of the first step in becoming a part of our community is, can you come to one of our masterminds? Can you try it on, see who the, who the people are that, um, that arrived at that both virtually uh, and in person in this, in this current environment we're dealing with. Yeah. Uh, and can we develop a rapport and, and get some value exchange within that space so that somebody might want to come in at, at a deeper level, whether that's, you know, a, um, a frequent member that comes into a lot of our meetings, somebody that comes into one of our more focused masterminds, which we have several, mm -hmm. uh, or someone who wants to actually occupy space within our campus or get into some projects of things that we do at a deeper level. So that's kind of the first step to bring people in. So when people come into this, I really enjoyed it, by the way, when I was in there, and I wasn't sure um, exactly you know, what to do and how, and how to maneuver my way around in there, but you made it really easy for me to sit back and see who was there, feel welcomed, hear who each person was, in addition to seeing their name on the on the square in in the Zoom room there, but it was it was um, it was lovely. It was personable, and people were very considerate with the time that they took to reveal 
what it is that they were in the midst of. And, and it was it was amazing to me the level of vulnerability that a couple people had because they were really stuck. And there was, I don't think they were stuck when they left. No. And they were your masters, you know, and yeah. they, so the masters are getting stuck. It's so nice when some master gets stuck. <laughs> it, it really is because it's like, oh, I feel so much better now. Um, so bringing people in, you control how many people come into each master group, yeah, each time. And so it never becomes like 100 people or even 50 people or 30 people in the room. It's a nice size. And you're not looking at growing this thing to a million people overnight. You're looking at building this team of people that you know, which I really like because I don't feel like I'm walking into a group of strangers. You have vetted them. Yes, and that's and that's part of the special sauce is the intimacy levels. Mm -hmm. And so I often say that I would be able to offer my vulnerability, my expertise, all the things that I can package and what I do as a professional in different levels of intimacy. So if I'm working with somebody at an enterprise level as a consultant, mm -hmm. I'm going to pour myself into their business and try and learn all their operations and 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 really get to know all of their people so that I can do the most amount of good while I'm working with them. That's very high level intimacy. When I'm working with somebody one-on-one, -on -one, we spend frequent meetings, you know, week after week so that I can really get to the core of what it is uh, that they're looking for and they're trying to accelerate. And then when I get into these groups, it's the same kind of deal. I try and offer as much as I can during the time that we have allotted. I also spend a fair amount of time outside of those groups getting to know all the individual participants so that I can understand and better read people um, when they're in the groups. And I can identify, okay, somebody looks bored or somebody looks preoccupied or frustrated. And we can call those things out when they're in the meeting so that we make the, the best use of our time uh, while we're doing that. Now, ultimately, as we expand uh, the business club concept and, and, and can potentially reach more people, it will be a, an intimacy level difference. Mm -hmm. So depending on how many comes in, they may be a physical in-person member and they're here and we have our meeting as a virtual in-person hybrid and then we also have the time together beforehand and afterwards and maybe they stick around and utilize our space. That's a higher intimacy in my, uh, from my perspective. Absolutely. If they're coming in and they're a virtual member, but we also allow them time to introduce themselves to the new members of participants and guests. Um, that's another level of intimacy that they receive. It's possible at some point that we will have attendees that don't necessarily have their screen turned on. They're really there just to watch mm -hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. It's a different level of intimacy that they're going to receive. So I think it can be appropriate to offer similar styles, similar services, um, and, and things within our mastermind uh, time allotted in different levels of intimacy. And so that's that's one of the things that, we try and offer everybody what they are looking for uh, and give them access to the level of NFC that makes it, you know, the most uh, productive for them. Because there are folks that can just do the DIY model. They come in and they get the expertise of the masters. They go back to their uh, world and they implement those things. Mm -hmm. There are others that need a little bit more, um, you know, focus on them and yeah. move those things forward. So that's kind of the, that's why, how it's been designed. So let me ask you, in 2020, have you noticed a difference? I mean, this is not your first space, and, and this isn't the, this is, this is the, the beginning of the 
but you've you've done things like this before. What is it that people are looking for most at this point in our humanity and our culture and and with what it is that you're doing out here? What are they looking for? I believe what attracts people to me is my authenticity because, and I often say that my religion is authenticity because I think at the end of the day, people are just looking for real. Oh my gosh. And there's so much advertising and marketing and fluff and and the behavioral economics and the sketchy stuff that the big, you know, Silicon Valley companies are doing to us and big data and all this manipulation. I think it's driving all of our minds bonkers. Yeah. Because constantly under siege to these things and I think it's refreshing when somebody is just real and you say hey your dress is ugly and you go well (laughs) that's not what I was going for but I guess I appreciate the authenticity or you know you're really a caring person and you genuinely mean that to them you know I mean I think people think authenticity is very uh, infectious at this point and what I try to do is I try and lead by example by doing all the things that I preach and getting involved with the, the clients that I serve um, and, and getting to know the people that I work with, mm-hmm. I think that's an authentic way to go about it. And when somebody is doing something that I dislike, I tell them that too. And so my entire life, I've always said, honesty is my best and worst trait because <laughs> you can hear what I have to say. And I'll try and share some of the best I can. I do try to wordsmith things so that people, if I'm if I'm giving them a correction, they're thinking, now wait a second, because <laughs> I made it palatable, you know, because I don't want anybody to get too upset with me. But, you know, the the I think you're absolutely right. It's so in a world of uncertainty, which is exactly what we're in the midst of. You know, that painting, for those of you who are on the audio and not looking at the video, you have to come see the video over on the YouTube channel, which is Partners in Excellence Media. Uh, the influencers, that's where we live once this recording is over. In addition to a gazillion of outlets through Blog Talk Radio. The the sea is is the um the waters of Hawaii. And and in that in that painting it is it, it it's beautiful, but it also reminds me of the energy of the universe right now here in twenty twenty. It's raucous, and there's an uncertainty about things. And and in the midst of that, people really do seem real one mean thing, and that is another human being who is freaking for real and grounded. You know that authenticity is the word that you use, and I'm going to add uh, authentic and and really faith filled, and it shines through, and and loyal and grounded and integral. Because we're, we're, we're all bouncing around out here. I mean, I've been bouncing around the Internet for decades. But for a lot of people, this is a very new experience. And it's the only option. Yeah, what's, what's in, this whole year has been such a social experiment and, a, and a, an opportunity, I think, for people to look inside themselves and determine what they believe. Mm. And I say that because we have two very strong factions politically in our country and in the media and when you have two opposites screaming that they're being honest and they're correct and the other party or the other people are lying well you're either one of you is correct or you're both 
fine. Yeah, right. And, that, and that's very disheartening, I believe. And it's gotten to the point where our our we're relying on sources of information that are unreliable yeah. because they're just at odds. And mm. so what what my antidote to that is to get people in a room together and connect on a human level instead of listening to all the the noise. Uh, because I think, unfortunately, there are factions that want people to be fighting because it makes them money if they're selling media. Yes, yes. It makes them uh, donations if they're raising funds. And so there's some nefarious things at play that um, are good for them yes. and not good for everyone else. And there you that, go. That's that fight, that phase that I play with on a, on a regular basis is because I am genuinely concerned on what is best for other people. Mm-hmm. Um and myself, and I think that's a very good recipe to be to genuinely care <laughs> yeah. about yourself and others instead of what's just in it for me or my platform. Yeah, one of the things that that I love about who you, who you've accumulated, and one of the things that I think is really exciting between you and I is that we have gathered people who are just amazing, and and some of the people that you've got on your masters board who are so amazing I think are are truly game changers and do you want to do you want to talk about a couple of those because I think we're going to start bringing them on um in our in our show from week to week and and um I'm just I'm just a few I'll I'll bring up a couple of examples of who we've got and what I find uh, exciting yeah. is potentially helping some of these folks rise up into yeah. their level of quality that I see in them. Yeah. Um, you know, I've identified folks that one of my favorite things to find people who are undervalued in the marketplace because and that means opportunity from a business perspective and just from a potential perspective because if you have somebody who is incredible at what they do and they undercharge, and they don't have a voice to get themselves out to the masses, that's an automatic opportunity because you go, as soon as I introduce these people to more opportunities, they're going to over-deliver, which makes me look great because I've identified somebody who thinks they're worth this, and they're actually worth this. (laughs) And so that spread is somewhere where the business club or, or me as a consultant, I can make some money because the value exchange is appropriate yeah right so those are things that i really love to find from a business perspective and it is a business club and and the purpose is to help people you know live the best life and create the the best type of business and business makes money so that's that's a key component um i always bring up my my friend eric lugron because he is so undiscovered in just the world and in his capabilities and his understanding are genuinely world class. And I always see that I want to make him the Neil deGrasse of uh, ancient geometry and symbology because that's his skill set. But uh, Eric, on the surface, is a blue collar electrician. Yeah, really. And if you just get to know Eric, that's all you may find, find out about him. Yeah. But, he is one of the most brilliant minds I've ever known in my entire life, and I've, I've met a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's high praise coming from you. The first time I talked to him, it turned from a four-minute, very awkward conversation into a four-hour, deep-level dive into all the things that we were interested in from a spiritual and a universal 
and um, just on 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 the depth of the conversation was just phenomenal. So so Eric is one of these gentlemen who has um, taken the experiences of his life and turned them into his purpose, mm-hmm. and he consumes information more than I do, mm-hmm. which I had never met before. Because yeah. that's my favorite thing is to learn. And he yeah. learns more often than I do. Huh. Um, he studies nonstop. He downloads from higher powers, mm-hmm. whatever you want to, you know, define that as. Uh, and he has a perspective of, you know, St. Louis that mm-hmm. is very dear to me. He will go back to the, to the um, civilization of the uh, we'll talk about how one time St. Louis was a was the world capital. Cahokia. And the, and the astrological scene. What's that? The Cahokia group. You staggered a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. And so he can he can he can give you the understanding of of the significance of St. Louis astrologically and through symbolism all the way back to the Cahokia civilization. Oh my gosh. So you start pulling away some of these layers and you go, this guy is not just an electrician. <laughs> but it, it, it speaks to the core of why I designed the businesses the way that I did at yeah. the business club and, and the, the precursor organizations because I was often introducing myself as Ryan the banker, yeah. which is very boring. But when you go to the depths of what somebody might know or yeah. understand or offer, um, there's so much more there. So I want to get past Brian the banker right. or Eric the electrician yeah. as quickly as I possibly can to find out the depths of what somebody understands. And so my favorite people are the Renaissance folks that just, you know, they can jump over on a piano and they can play some sonatas. Yeah, that can, you love that. You know, rewire your house and they can do all these just tremendous things. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So what is Eric's business? What does he do? He's an electrician. So is he at the business club to be an electrician or is he going to expand this? Like when I, when I see him there, I'm thinking, I really want to know what you're doing. I want to know what you, what are you doing? So Eric is our spiritual master. Yeah, there you go. In our arena. So what I want to do with Eric. So I offer multiple things from my role. Mm -hmm. I just promote people because they're good resources. Um, I can work with somebody and and help them build a business from scratch or accelerate a business that already exists. And I can also help co-facilitate different masterminds and different uh, subject matter. What I'd love to see happen with Eric and I is I'm interested in all the things that he knows. I want to learn from him. He has um, spent decades in Masonic societies. And Mm -hmm. he he has his own... um, uh, Masonic Lodge. Okay. And so we've explored offering a Masonic Lodge at the location that I run and then building really is more of a mastermind in the way that I define it, mm-hmm. but another group that has a Masonic base and we learn and explore all the things um, from a spiritual and scientific um, level. And so bringing people into that conversation from a perspective, he can teach the Masonic principles and a structure that is built around that. And he talks about something called Masonic theater, which is really trialing things, trialing life, trialing business as you move, you know, through the ranks uh, in order to develop a mastery on it. So he has a recipe that I'm very interested in learning and knowing and helping with 
And so the business club can serve as an umbrella organization to help him become hopefully that world expert uh, that emerges once he kind of unleashes all the things that he knows on, on these different uh, platforms. That's amazing. I would love to have him on here with us and have him really speak. Um, has he really walked out onto the platform? No, and see, that's where that's where I think I can help. Um, I think I understand the branding side of things, the uh, presentation skills necessary in order to put yourself out there as, yeah. as an expert in a field. Eric has it all. It just needs some coaching and some planning and some structure. Mm-hmm. And so he's much more... He has books and novels and books and books and on and on and on up in his brain. And if you give him a topic, he'll just give you a five to fifteen minute lecture on anything you want. But in order to put it into a, uh, a consumer centric, you know, uh, something that others can consume, yeah. that's where our work together needs to happen. So we can create, uh, you know, a blog talk radio channel. We can create some webinars. We can create some speaking opportunities. Those are the types of things that I want to see um, Eric kind of develop into. Yeah. And that way, you know, 10 years down the road, somebody will go, oh, do you know who Eric LeBron is? I'm like, actually, I do. He's uh, pretty impressive, isn't he? I, mean, I knew him before he was a yeah. you know, world-class scientist. Right, right, right. All that. That's exciting. So one of the things that I love about that is seeing the potential in people. And it's not just seeing the potential. They're already great. They could stay right where they're at and live happily ever after and be fine. But evidently, there's some kind of a fire and passion burning inside of him that he is wanting to work with you because he wants to expand this message. And that's, and that's exactly what I look for. That yeah. is the, the key component of what I'm looking for in, in masters and people that I want to see um, emerge is that I'm looking as deeply as I can inside of people to find them almost the soul level. What is what is inside of them that has to come out? What is that passion that they are they are trying to you know um, reveal to the world? And if we can help put them in an environment and put resources on them that make that happen, that's that's my life's goal is to try and find my own passion first has ultimately become finding and helping other people live out their passion. You know, one of the things I'm paying attention to, Brian, as we're, as we're having this conversation that really is another unique identifier about the St. Louis Business Club is that you there are, um, you've got this, this uh, amazing and unique background. I don't know another group that's out here that is for entrepreneurs where the head of it is an entrepreneur. That's number one, you know, and I always think about that. I mean, there's, there's one that is like sort of, sort of, but there's a difference between being a small business owner and being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And, and, and the other thing is there's a collection of people, but it, it's not, it's not threaded together to be like the apostles, you know, like you got a, a group of 12. That was the first thing I thought of was because there is, you and I both share a very strong commitment to our faith. And so I immediately went into that. But the other thing is you're not just bringing people in and setting them in motion and, and, and facilitating what they do and matching them. You're mentoring. And there's only one other person that I've met 
who even comes close to that. And I think that what you're doing is actually, and I won't say who it is, but your heads and tails above and beyond that because of the way in which that you do it. Yeah, I mean, I'm fully invested in what I do because I have found my passion and I'm living it every day. I think that the key component is that I've been offered opportunities. I see different pathways for myself. And, and you play the daily question, if somebody gave you a million dollars right now, what would you do? And for me, exactly what I'm doing. You know, it doesn't, the money component is not why I'm doing it, although it is very much a part of the recipe. Yeah. Um, you know, when you find out what you're on this earth to do, it's, Real easy yeah, it is. Uh, to continue doing it, and so when did yeah. you when did you know what you were on this earth to do? <laughs> um, you know, I made a very I, I often say that you you stay in the situation that you're in until you become more uncomfortable staying in it than exiting it. Yeah. And so with my previous career, it was it was designed to be comfortable. I mean, I couldn't get fired. Everything was great. You know, I had all these wonderful things <laughs> because it, it wasn't me and I wasn't doing what I was lit up inside to do. I can't spend one more day comfortable. I have to go out there and figure out and challenge myself on what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. And so that pursuit became, um, part of what I'm here to do is yeah. I have defined it now that I use myself as a guinea pig to go out and trial what life and business has to offer mm -hmm. so that I can more um, coherently have more relevance in the way that I advise others in order to do the same thing. So perfect example is my client and friend, John Barbach, who runs BioFit. I used his platform for six months before almost begging him to become a client. <laughs> hey, I have to I have to help you spread this to the masses because what you do has done so much for me mm. and I believe it can help so many more, uh, so many more people. And so I try and find things in the marketplace that I believe in and then I try and use my own um, capabilities to, to make it better. But I can I can relevantly say I've done this mm -hmm. and so should you. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of my style that I go out and I meet people so that I know them so that I can refer them better. I go out and try products and services so that I understand it and I can be a better advocate for those things. Um, you know, I think it's disingenuous when you are promoting something and you don't know much about it. Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> It'll fail yeah. repeatedly. And yeah. And you'll feel uncomfortable in the midst of it. Yeah. And, and you can't hide that. It just comes right across your face. Absolutely. So with your membership and the and the kinds of things that your members are asking you for, um, beyond your core mastery group, what what is what is a service or is there a webinar, is there a gathering that you think that they are hungry for? What what, what would that what would that look like on the inside of it <clears throat> so all our masterminds our general mastermind um is set up about an hour and a half mm -hmm. first 30 minutes is all about introductions so mm -hmm. it's an opportunity for multiple people to get introduced to one another mm -hmm. so not only is it there for our masters but it's also there for our guests and other members 
So we can just know who we're surrounding ourselves with. Mm -hmm. Beginning in January, uh, a third of our time together is going to be presentation or education delivered by one of our masters. So over, over the first quarter, if you come each week, you'll get exposed to all the different levels out of it. And the last 30 minutes is really about general discussion, asking those questions, getting those answers, and, and getting to a point where you might want more. I mean, ultimately, what I'm trying to develop is an opportunity to um, showcase who people are and then leave them wanting more. Mm -hmm. So that if I know I need to get some marketing help, well, I can, I can, can listen to our marketing expert right. for 30 minutes. And then I can go to get the specific help that I need. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things that we provide is just that opportunity and that regular routine of getting together and understanding what the people in our network uh, are offering. Beyond that, um, we have a space. So we do offer an element of co-working for people to come in the St. Louis market uh, to have a place that you can have coffee meetings, you can have a happy hour, you can have uh you know, mastermind level types of meetings, whether they're up to a dozen or a few dozen, or it's just one-on-one -on -one type meetings. And so that's an element of what, the, of what the business club provides. More than anything, we're just trying to provide a, a vetted network of resources that are hopefully all in it to help one another. Mm -hmm. And so you know that if you're a part of the business club, you at least had a conversation with me or one of our other members that says, you know, we can kind of vouch for this person. We've utilized their service. We've done some business with them in the past, and we think that they're good enough as a part of our research network that you can you can engage them at least in a conversation or discovery um, session and see if they're a good fit for you. And and not everybody's a one size fits all. Absolutely. I often say I, I like to give everybody about three resources or referrals when I'm recommending a service or product and say. One of these could be a good fit for you, mm -hmm. but you know, continue to look. But out of the folks that I know, one of these three could be a good fit. So mm -hmm. see, what, see what you can figure out. What I what I like to do as well is those open forums are kind of that first opportunity to, to know somebody. Mm -hmm. So if I say I have three chiropractors uh, and they're all excellent, well, I'll just invite all three to a meeting and you can meet them all at the same time instead of going and meeting all three individually, and then you can decide which one did you hit it off with and maybe go have that meeting afterwards. So it's kind of a reverse way of um, going through and uh, getting to know folks. It's more of a group model, and then you go more intimate uh, as you as you dive down. But that's kind of the general overview of what we offer. Ultimately, I'm looking to have um, more focused masterminds. So like I said with Eric, having some spiritual uh, flavored type of mastermind that we have frequent groups and we have people that want to come to the platform that's kind of a hybrid between our stainless market and uh, one of our strategic partners, Tim Hobbs, who's out in the Phoenix area, to start building more of a wellness or well-being type of model that, that brings people together. Um, one of the progressions that I work on is finding an interest group, getting them together, potentially turning that into a mastermind so we can start using it as kind of a think tank. And then can we develop that into an agency model where people are actually exchanging value and making money? And if all that works, do we look at establishing some type of organization that becomes its own company or becomes its own trade group or is something more formalized between that group of people that like to work together? And so that's kind of the general evolution of what I've worked on. Um, 
my things get seem, I think, complex in the marketplace because I look like I'm doing a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's really the same recipe. I just go out and get to know folks really well and figure out where they can slot into that progression of working together. So <laughs> you, <clears throat> you expand it and then you shrink it back and say, it's really simple. Here you go. Yeah. Just do these things. So if you and I were going to do a webinar for our, for our listening audience at some point in time, either off of our Monday show, which is all about the St. Louis Business Club, or off of our Thursday show, which is about riding the lion, which mm -hmm. is entrepreneurial stories, which is so exciting and so much fun. Um, I really love lions, by the way. <laughs> the, um, what, what, would, what would you and I think – would be a draw for people, you know, from your experience and my experience, because I have a couple of ideas running through my head, but what would you and I, do you think, for the benefit of the St. Louis Business Club, <clears throat> for what we're doing here and everything that you know about me and what I do, what would that look like? What would that topic be, and how could it be of service to your population? I mean, because of your history and what, and, and, and your mastery level, I mean, I love when we talk about wellness versus well-being mm -hmm. and how you hone in on what well-being is, yeah. and I think understanding what that truly is, I'm very um, interested in balance between a sick there's a life and a sick there's a business, and in, in a lot of respects, that is well-being, that is developing that balance amongst all the areas of life and business. Yeah. So I think that as kind of an umbrella to begin with as a conversation topic would help us hone in to where we can provide the most value mm -hmm. in whichever lot of time that we have. And that's, mm -hmm. again, that speaks to that intimacy level that if you have a webinar with 100 people on it, you're going to have a different presentation than if you have a webinar with 12 people on it right. or if you have a one-on-one. -on -one. So well-being as a topic and seeing how we can dive into that and provide as much value as possible in the time allotted and the intimacy level that is uh, presented. I like it that you say that because I was thinking about that while we're sitting here and we're chatting about this. And I'm thinking the one thing that more than anything else, when you're talking about authenticity, if you, if you peel it back a little bit further is in an era of such uncertainty, people are anxious and panicking and frightened and arguing and freaking out and, and becoming depressed and, and suicides are really escalated through the roof more than what we've seen in, I don't know, maybe forever. And and what people want is they want relief. Please, can I trust you? Oh, you're authentic. I think I can trust you. And then it's not just trust you as a business person. It's, it's trust you as a person, and you can help me with my business, but also can you help me with my mind? You know, everybody wants help with their mind. Because people tell me, there's stuff going on in there. I can't, I can't shift it. Well, you actually, you can't. Don't say that again. <laughs> That's what I say to people. Delete that statement and don't be saying that because, yes, you can. As a matter of fact, your mind is the only thing that you can really control. And when you have control over your mind, you have control over your trajectory. Yeah. You know, and that includes your health and well-being. I mean, there have been times this year, Brian, when I have just absolutely um, – freaked out in a panic and I'm crying and I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I know this is cleansing, but it's so horrible, you know, and I, I'm tired of feeling this way. And then I, I always, 
always, always put my hands together and talk to our creator and say, dear Lord, what is it? What is it that we need to do here? What can I do? And I always hear, well, have faith. <laughs> Number one, yo, little Debbie, calm down, have faith, because worry and faith, anxiety and faith, doubt and fear don't align with faith. They can't live in the same body, in the same mind. If you're worrying, you've lost faith. I love the quote that worry is just praying for things that you don't want. <laughs> I, I say worrying is knitting that sweater across your forehead that you are never going to wear. Yes. <laughs> but if you keep it up, you're going to be wearing it forever, and well, it's really okay. And I love, I love that you're showcasing that the moments of, of trial, you know, the, the, the times that you're under stress or crying about things. Oh, my God. Because I think When we put these athletes and these entertainer, entertainers and these politicians and leaders up on a pedestal and then don't give them any leeway for being human, oh. it's so difficult mm. to have anybody that wants to that, that can lead lead. Oh yeah. Because oh yeah. You have to be an egomaniac, right. or you have to be Jesus, who I don't even think Jesus could win the presidency this year. That's no, I don't think so either. I think being authentic and telling people, yeah, I'm riding a lion or I'm up on a pedestal, and I'm, but I'm doing my best. And there are times that you just lose it, yeah. break out, just like everybody else who is yeah. a human being, because that's our shared experience. You know, I actually was roaming around in my home up here, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm wringing my hands, and I'm going, oh, my God, I'm such a failure. This is horrible. I've never done anything right. And now it's all piled up on me. And the world is just falling apart. And if maybe if I had done more, I could have done something. And I think, oh, who am I that's so audacious to think that way? And then I think, well, what about just in my family or my circle of friends? Is everybody okay? Nobody's okay. I can't do anything right. I can't do anything. And then I think, wait a second. Take a breath. Look in the mirror. You're you're alive and you're healthy and you're vibrant and you are sane. You're having an insane episode here. But look at the home that you've created and look at where you're at. This is a dream come true. It's one of many dreams come true. So look at how we can manifest the things that we want. All we have to do is is be intentional and, you know, dear Lord, this is what I really want with my life for all the good reasons, for divine reasons, in divine time benefit for all and harm to none. And now I'm going to allow it. And then we allow it. And I think more people opening themselves up to that and mm -hmm. being authentic with what they're dealing with from an internal life mm -hmm. and making more of that external as, as best they can in a, in a place that they're allowed to be vulnerable. Right. That's the recipe for us to come together because you've got people who are dealing with major inner turmoil and are turning to suicide and other terrible uh, pathways when just sharing with somebody or finding a group of people who are dealing with the same thing, just having that can alleviate so much. Um, and I think it's just being real, being authentic. It's just being, we all have this internal dialogue that is challenging at yeah. times. Yeah. And, and even the people, I, you know, I have circles that I run in where these, there's people that look like they are top tier one percenters. Yep. Have it by the cojones, right? right. And every one of them, their challenges so there you go it's a great place to get to get a sober reminder that we're all challenged and, and the more we can connect on a human level well as was the case last time we burned through an hour 
Not hard to do. Not hard to do. So, friends, this is um, the team of Brian Lunt and Dr. DeParlin here. And I hope that you felt our vein of kindness today because that's what it's all about. So, until Thursday, I want you to come back at the same time, same place. And also go over to the YouTube channel, which is over at Partners in Excellence Media, and start looking at the episodes that are piling up over there. A few glitches with the channel as we're transferring some shows, but we'll get there. So until next time, peace out. Right, Brian? Peace out. Okay, hang on with me.